for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Lauren Teal. How's it going today, Lauren? It's going great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, it's it's cool out. It's becoming, it's starting to finally feel like winter, I guess, is a way I want to phrase it, because we just, <laughs> it, you know, it, I'm, so I'm in Texas or central Texas, you're from North Texas, so you can kind of relate. Yeah. I started putting the freeze warning signs out in my apartment complex because they're like, oh, you got to start trickling your faucet and whatnot. And I'm like, oh man, I'm in one of those places. Cause when I lived out in New Mexico, it was the same thing. It was like, you got to leave your pipes running or they'll freeze over on you. And I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting. But uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, really excited to sit down, get to know or get to learn more about you, get to know you a little bit, talk about your new EP that dropped last Friday, correct? Or two? Uh, November third. Okay. So a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was last Friday, but no worries. <laughs> but a few weeks back. Um, so. First off, before we jump into everything, um, can you kind of give everybody that's listening that maybe isn't familiar with who you are a little bit of an overview of what got you into music and maybe a little bit of your uh, backstory? Yeah, so I, um, it actually started when I was 10 months old. Um, my, I heard so many stories of my babysitter telling me I could literally sing the ABCs perfect pitch, wouldn't miss a letter. Um, and from there, I got into dance at three and I would literally sing instead of playing on the playground, um, <laughs> which of course to other people was not cool. And so um, I definitely got bullied a lot, which then in turn um, started my songwriting career and that actually started in the fourth grade. Um, and I, I've been in love with country music when, since when my dad would drive me to school every morning in his pickup truck and we would listen to 99.5 The Wolf. And um, it's funny because I used to th think I was going to be a pop singer because mm -hmm. um, I was really into Hannah Montana. Um, but I had a bad experience with a previous producer when I was 13 um, out in LA. And so <laughs> I realized the pop world wasn't really for me. And um, yeah, my mom took me to Nashville when I was 17. I was originally gonna become a journalist, <laughs> um, but I just fell in love with Nashville and everything, um, country music. And so um, <laughs> I, you know, I took 
these hundreds of songs that I wrote when I was a kid and a teenager. And I really created my first album within the first year of being here. And um, yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been in uh, Nashville at this point? I've been in Nashville. Let's see. I arrived January 2019. Okay. So almost, almost, uh, almost, two almost years. two years. Yeah, almost two years. January throws me off, and especially right now since I've been <laughs> in lockdown, it's just kind of yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> totally even know what day it is. Like somebody yeah. told me it was Monday, and I didn't believe them. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, pandemic. Yeah. Right. So. You've been in Nashville almost two years. Mm -hmm. uh, I take it you're enjoying it. Or, well, technically, you're not in Nashville. You're in Murfreesboro. But yeah. So I, um, I go to school at Middle Tennessee State okay. University, and I go there for audio production. Um, I did that so that I wouldn't have to pay someone to master and mix my tracks. Nice. <laughs> um, you know what, though? We're going to talk about that here. Hold on. Okay. It is so important like even just to learn how to do it so that when you like even if you have no desire of doing it yourself just learning and knowing like okay this is what they're doing and just taking that behind the scenes knowledge Definitely. of like okay well they're putting too much compression compression here they yeah. need to pull that back so you know how to communicate absolutely with yeah knowing the language is so helpful um i'm a sophomore in college right now and um, I, it's, it's really helpful. I have an audio engineer who's graduating next semester and it's very helpful when he talks to me and I know what he's talking about instead of just being like, oh yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> Not really understanding a thing. Um, it really just speeds up the process. <laughs> yep. And it also helps in the production aspect of it as yes. well, because then you, it's like, okay. You kind of have a, you may not know all the terminology because I've been doing film and TV for almost 10 years and every day somebody breaks out a new term on me and it's like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> let me find out, you know, so like, but just knowing the basics and knowing how to communicate with people. That yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy because with this EP and with my previous singles, I've literally been really producing them because I hire an audio engineer, but you know, I didn't hire a producer. I was, you know, I was in control of all the sound, you know, so it's a great experience. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's jump into the EP. It is, it's six songs. So it's an EP. Five, oh, five, <laughs> five songs. Yeah. Okay. My bad. You're um, fine. So it, it's an EP. Um, what what's kind of the um story behind it how long have you you've been work this is you've been working on it for since you moved to nashville correct so i actually these songs started when i was 12. okay so some of them i finished when i was 12 some of them it took till i was 13 and some of them um was about 14 actually um so these songs have been written for a while i just am now and the place where i can produce them and send them out to the world <laughs> gotcha gotcha um and at what point did you kind of decide okay these are the five songs that you want to use to put in that together for an album so i knew i wanted my first album to be an album 
comprised of songs that are about my past. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very complex and um, interesting past. <laughs> um, and so I really wanted the entire album to be about my past. And when it came to the EP, the first five songs I wanted were songs of where the story kind of began, where I first started writing, um, which was, you know, Welcome to the Show is such a great title for a first song mm-hmm. and for a first single because, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then... Like the name says it all. It does, yeah. And then with Nicholas, I wrote it about a boy who I had a huge crush on when I was 12 to 13 in my theater class. And I sang it to my friends and everyone really liked it. It was a favorite among my, you know, my friends. And so I really wanted to put that on the album. City Girl, what's crazy about City Girls? I started City Girl when I was about 15 and I didn't fully complete it until I got to Nashville, okay. which is the only song like that on the EP. And um, that, that song, it took so long to write because sometimes I write different pieces of songs and then I can't put them together until I get like an aha moment. But, um, but yes, and then Vows, I of course wrote about my parents' divorce. And um, that was really the moment for me where my songwriting I felt like was at its most raw. And so I felt like that deserved to be on the EP as well. And then Wishing You'd Come Through was actually the first full song I ever wrote. Um, and I was 12. <laughs> gotcha. And so, I mean, obviously since it's been some time from when you originally wrote these songs to actually getting released, I'm sure there's been some like metamorphosis and some like structural changes to the songs. Yes, definitely. Especially with um, Wishing You'd Come Through and City Girl. Um, Wishing You'd Come Through, I wrote it on the side of my bed in one sweep, one go at it. And so there were some lines that definitely evolved. And, um, but yeah, and then with City Girl, it was just bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And I had to eventually put it all together and say, look, you got to sit down with this song and actually finish it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it definitely. <laughs> now, when you first started writing, was it always your vision to kind of build? Was the, What was your original vision when you first started writing music? Was it just to be you as a solo, like acoustic act, or did you always kind of envision working in other instrumentation, like fiddle and all that fun stuff? When I, when I first started writing songs, and these, the first complete song I wrote, I was 12, and what's crazy is I actually pictured all these different instruments because I had just listened to the song Dear John by Taylor Swift and I just loved the instrumentation and so I was thinking maybe we can add some violin maybe we can add some um you know and I as much as I love playing guitar piano and ukulele I can't play drums to save my life (laughs) so I definitely always really wanted to have drums in my music yeah so which is essential um (laughs) So definitely, I would say that um, I'd picture them as a full band, definitely. Gotcha, gotcha. No, it's always interesting because, you know, every once in a while, you'll see uh, musicians, they just kind of start playing with what they have, which is usually either piano, guitar, you know, whatever it is. And then that's just kind of the lane they stick in. And then 
you see some other musicians where it's uh no they want want to do like the full band right off the rip so it's you know it's um it's always interesting to kind of sit there and uh kind of run through the thought process that goes yeah, definitely that goes so um when you were sit like I, so when you were younger it since it's been a little bit since you wrote these songs what was kind yeah. of your creative process like Ooh. as as you were writing them i mean it really so it really happened different with a lot of them so with welcome to the show i had um i really wanted to write an upbeat song because all of my songs before that were so depressing and so slow yeah. <laughs> and so i um i actually had um i was taking music lessons at the time and they had a songwriter like a songwriting counseling thing going on and so um my teacher who was remington Raphael, um helped me come up with the sound for it and then um i came up with the lyrics and so that's how that one happened nicholas was i put i had to put bits and pieces nicholas and city girl with those bits and pieces songs mm -hmm. and then with vows i rewrote that song so many times because you know my parents divorced when i was 11 and i completed the song when i was 14. and so i you know, and it wasn't just my parents' divorce. It was the divorce of one of my aunts and my uncles. And and so I took bits and pieces from that, but it took a while because I, I kept rewriting it. Because I, like, how do you perfectly encompass the complete destruction of a marriage, you know? And so I, I took every aspect of that. And then with Wishing You'd Come Through, that sucker just came out of me. I don't know <laughs> that. I mean, I literally was 12 and I had a huge crush on this boy at the, um, it's funny because he actually went on to be on American Idol. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Douglas. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, so I had a huge crush on him, but he was like two years older than me and I was 12 at the time. So of course he wasn't gonna, you know, yeah. but, um, but I had this huge crush on him, but I knew he didn't care. <laughs> and so I just, it just poured out of me. And, um, but yeah. Awesome. So for this EP, you currently have two music videos out for it, for uh, Nicholas and for Vows, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. What, what was it about those two songs that you chose to do uh, music videos for? So with Nicholas, this is actually a very funny story. Okay. Which, um, so Nicholas um, turned out to be a horrible person. <laughs> and so I want, and I wrote another song about it, um, which is going to be a single that comes after my single that's going to be released. So after Overweight. Um, we're, we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to that single. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I wrote another song about him, um, which is when I found out who he really was. And so I wanted to do a music video because, and I wanted it to be very like, very not me. Mm -hmm. So I put in these sort of stock videos of different things of like longing and stuff like that because you know the video is not what it seems and the song isn't either and so i wanted that to sort of show there 
And then with vows, <laughs> I, I needed to express myself in a, in a certain way. I'm, I was actually an actress for a long time. And so, you know, I, with vows, I just felt like it needed a music video, um, to show the pain of it really. Um, and what's crazy is that the little girl that plays in there, what's crazy is I actually held auditions. Uh -huh. Um, and it's insane because she got the part and then I got an email from her mom and said, Hey Lauren, I don't know if you know this, but I'm your mom's cousin. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I had no idea that my second cousin was like, and she's done catalogs. She's done all this stuff. She's done modeling and acting. And so, and I had no idea. I just thought this girl is a great actress and she looks just like me <laughs> when I was younger. And I had no idea we were related. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was crazy. So that, I love that about that music video too. Her name was right. Emily. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. It, it's yeah. interesting. It's funny. It, it, it There's a lot of things wrapped up into that one. The fact yeah. that she became like, or she ended up being your second cousin. It's like, it was crazy. Well, sometimes things just work out like that, you know? Oh. <laughs> so, um, do you have any plans for a third music video or is, uh, are you kind of cool. So with the third music video, I definitely am gunning for city girl. Okay. Um, it won't be happening within the next six months because of course the pandemic. And then also I, um, music videos are very expensive yep. and oh, yeah. I am a college student. Yep. And, um, so, uh, just doing vows was very, um, yeah. So, and I want to make sure the actors that are participating in the music video are paid properly you know so yeah that, that's always very important yes. um and how so for vows and for nicholas the music videos were is that something that you started doing before the pandemic hit or had um so with with the vows video i was extremely worried mm -hmm. um because you know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I was kind of waiting for the pandemic to end. Now, when I found out that she was my cousin and that they had been quarantining for a while, um, I was a little more comfortable because, you know, they're, they're family. And so yeah. it was a little bit safer, I want to say, but they also quarantined. And so we did it in, um, in July. And um, yeah, so we definitely... Um, me and my inner circle, the people that live with me, um, we did not go out. We didn't, you know, we quarantined for a good 14 days. So before the, the shoot, um, but yeah, so. Awesome. So we talked, we teased it a little bit before, mm -hmm. before, uh, before now, but you have a new single you just announced. This is what you just announced last week. Mm -hmm. uh, overweight what was kind of the thought process behind uh releasing a single so quickly after releasing an ep um i think for me it was a statement okay. um ever since i was a little girl and even six years old um 
there have been certain people who around the holidays would always comment about how much I was eating. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, they would always comment about um, how much I was eating, how I looked, um, certain things about me. And it was always during the holidays. And I know a lot of people feel, have that same experiences where either their family or their, you know, whatever, they go back home and they're just like, oh, have you gained weight? You know? And so I wanted to put this out before the holidays, mm -hmm. before the holiday season, because I wanted people to hear it and say, you know, for people that have gone through that, you know, I wanted them to have, you know, the song. And um, yeah, Overweight is a song that's really close to my heart because I was not overweight as a child. I was not even close. If you look at the single picture, I was a very healthy weight as a 13 year old. Um, but as I stated um, earlier in the interview, I had a really bad experience with a music producer where he literally said, if you just lost like 10 more pounds, you could get signed. And at that point I was 125 pounds and I was five, four. So that's like really healthy. <laughs> and so, you know, but that in turn caused me to develop an eating disorder, unfortunately. And so I, it's kind of like a, a way of saying like, I know I have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need you to tell me, you know? So that's what the song is really kind of, yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And so the, it's, how long has this song kind of been in the works? This song, I actually wrote this song um, when I moved to Nashville. So this song, I wrote it like winter, maybe like March, February or March of 2019. So when I first moved here. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And so that that's releasing in the December. December 18th. Mm -hmm. December 18th. Um, are you... What what's kind of the plan following that? Are you already working towards your next EP, or are 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 you going to just kind of stay the so singles for now? After that, it's um, developing my first album. Okay. So I have the entire album written. I'm mm -hmm. actually working on my second album. Okay. Um, writing wise, <laughs> um, but you know, getting them out there is not cheap. So. Um, it also takes a lot of time. You know, my, all my band members are college students, mm -hmm. you know, they're extremely talented, but they're also busy college students, yep. you know? So, um, and that's, you know, the way I wanted it. Um, so, you know, it takes time and it takes money and I can't work during the summers because my band is across all different States, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, it's really just going to be producing the rest of my album. Nice. That's, you know, it's, you, you said that, so for the, the upcoming album, everything's already kind of written and you're already on the second album. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, while you have the creative juices flowing, just keep writing and, yes. you know, Absolutely. Just, yeah. you know, and figure it out later. Like the, those, unless it's like a really timely song, like mm -hmm. something about the pandemic or, you know, something of that effect, it's just kind of like, it can wait. There, yeah. There's no reason to rush it out just because Definitely. you have it written. Yeah. 
you know absolutely yeah because I I yeah sorry go ahead no, I was say, all i was gonna say was i think a lot of songs you know it, I, I've kind of come to this realization lately that a lot of musicians think their mute or their songs age like milk <laughs> when in reality it ages like wine like if you yeah. just let it sit there and from like marinate or just like exist for a minute and then you go back and revisit it six months a year later whatever and you come at it with a completely fresh perspective then yes you know Definitely. you're gonna have grown you're gonna oh yeah learn a new chord structure you know like whatever definitely that's completely true and that was definitely the case with um a few of my songs including city girl yeah absolutely absolutely so obviously the pandemic kind of played fast and loose with uh everything that you had planned originally yeah. it was <laughs> november like the original release no. Plan or what were you originally planning? Because okay, go ahead. So I originally planned this out for March. Okay. And so, but what happened was my fiddler, um, her name is Livy Goodgame. She's so ridiculously talented. Her dad was actually traveling when the pandemic sort of hit and came back, and she didn't think it was safe to, you know, of course, of course, she didn't think it was safe to to do a recording session at that time. And then at the same time, when I was about to record vocals, I got a cold. So um, those two components of the last song didn't work out, but it was really a blessing in disguise because I had no idea that Livy could also sing. And so she did the backing vocals. She was then able in that time to do the backing vocals for all the songs except for vows. Um, and it's made the songs that much better, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm so glad that I waited to release it until, you know, everything was done. And that I, you know, took the time to revamp all the songs. Cause I don't want to release the same thing twice, yeah. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so now that we're, we're talking about the Lauren Teal EP, mm-hmm. um, now that it's been out for just over three weeks, yes, three weeks math. Mm-hmm. I got it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, what's kind of going through your head? Like this is a culmination of the last several years of your life. Experience, your experiences growing up, and this is kind of like that culmination. What's going through your mind right now? I mean... I'm so glad that it's finally out because this was really just the beginning of my teenage years and I'm 20. And so getting it out into the world is like releasing it from my, you know, whatever, because, you know, it's been in my hands for so long. It was just, it, it felt amazing to finally get it out there, you know. Was there, was there ever thought, like, I mean, obviously with the pandemic, it pushed kind of everything from March to, to now. What, was there ever a thought like earlier on in your career to release it maybe in 2017, 2018, like push it out earlier or was it always? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was in Texas and I had never recorded my own music ever before I came to Tennessee. And so, and I didn't have the network. I didn't know a band. I didn't have an audio engineer. And so 
I what's what's crazy is when I first came to Tennessee, I actually was with a company called Cutco, mm-hmm. and I was with them because the job transferred over, and so I could get in-state tuition. Sure. Um, <laughs> but what happened was I got so wrapped up in Cutco that I forgot why I even came to Tennessee. And it wasn't until a friend of mine's dad, who happened to be a music manager, said, you don't want to be, you know, selling knives your whole life. You know, you came here to be a musician. And that's when I really, like, really developed this whole concept of that album. Mm -hmm. You know, I had all the songs. I just needed to perfect them. And and I did that. And I got a band together (laughs) within a couple months. And I started recording in late 2019. So this EP is 100% recorded by you? Recorded. um, So I have an audio engineer. His name is John Bynum. Um, He's, I say everyone in my band is incredibly talented because they are. (laughs) He's just amazing. And, um, but yeah, he, he, he and him and I are co-producers, but he's the audio engineer behind it. And so I'll, I occasionally ask him, hey, how do you think this sounds? What do you think it needs? Um, I'm mainly the one calling the shots, but he's the one doing all the work. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, I want it to sound a little more like, you know, so <laughs> he's, he's doing all the brunt work. Yeah, no, I got you. That makes, you know, it's, it's nice to have somebody there that like, I mean, as you're kind of going through the process of learning everything, you're getting a textbook knowledge and a practical knowledge. So it, it, it's kind of, it's really interesting because as you're, as you kind of go through the whole process, like I've never taken an audio class in my life. Everything I've learned about <laughs> audio is through my sound engineer that helps me with a lot of the live and amplified stuff that we do. And just like knowing, having gone through like film school and all that stuff, the textbook knowledge is one thing, but until you apply it, to real world situations yeah definitely so it's completely yeah (laughs) yeah, it it really is completely different yep Um, so when there isn't a global pandemic how often are you usually out doing like live shows and performing in front of a crowd I didn't do live shows until I came to Tennessee because you know I did maybe one live show at a Texas burger joint but you know Texas doesn't really have the scene that Nashville does and when I first came here again I was so wrapped up in that job you know that was only really supposed to get me in state tuition but I was so wrapped up that I completely forgot why I came here and so um I um I didn't I didn't do much gigging and what's crazy is most of my gigging was done when I was like 12 13 14 um and I would perform and I would you know it was it was a whole shebang (laughs) and I can still do that it's just you know when I was 13 there was this entire it was like a production Mm -hmm. you know whereas now it's like just me and my guitar and my charming awkwardness (laughs) Um, but you know I I really, really want a gig more. And it was so funny is as soon as I got the band together and they started learning all the songs, the pandemic happened. And I was like, because we just were able to get to do gigs. And then, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's 
pandemic man, it it screwed up so much for a lot of people it's, it's yeah really <laughs> um so it so the hope is like kind of once the pandemic lifts you'll start booking out shows and what oh, have you definitely um where about in texas did you grow because i know i read north texas that's about as so i grew up in dallas and okay. by dallas i mean uptown straight lane the jonas brothers lived on my street dallas okay. like my my parents they started out with nothing but they're they were real estate people and so mm -hmm. of course they built up a lot of funds and they were able to give Especially me and my brother they were able to give me and my brother a really great life. And that was until they got divorced and everything kind of in the economy tanked. Mm -hmm. And my mom, you know, she had, but they both had their own companies, but my mom, um, she didn't, she didn't fire people fast enough. Mm -hmm. And so she just couldn't, she didn't bring herself to do it. And so she lost her company. And so everything kind of went <laughs> downhill from there and then my, me and my mom moved to Richardson which is a little it's funny I, I call it because it's shaped like Oklahoma the city yeah. <laughs> but it's in Texas so I kind of say it. but it's a small town outside of Dallas and um yeah I went to a magnet middle school and a magnet high school for theater mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah it's pretty much Dallas and Richardson yeah okay gotcha yeah, I was curious because I kept seeing North Texas and I'm like, well, North Texas is very vague. Very broad. Because, like, I mean, you got like the upper panhandle, like Amarillo. Like, and yeah. That like, area. Or like North, um, is it West or East? I think it's East. Sorry, I, I, I'm not good at geography. North, it's, I think it's Northeast Texas is Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, I like, think so. I mean, yeah, and the of. only reason I vaguely know that is because I was in Girl Scouts and like the, we were the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. <laughs> that's yeah. the only reason I know that. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess if you're splitting Texas into fours, into fours, Dallas would fall in the Northeast. Northeast, yeah. <laughs> just, just uh, like I never understood why Waco is considered Central Texas. It's like no, this is not geographically the center of Texas. Huh. Like, if you look at the map, we're yes. like... I think maybe they draw a circle in the center of Texas, and Waco just happens to fall on the edge of that circle or something. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Like, I, was, I was sitting there, and I was just like, man, no, this doesn't make sense to me, but what are, I've been <laughs> here a year. What do I know? I'm not going to start questioning things. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things I'm not in a position to start getting involved with the finer points of Texas life. I'm just here. Yeah, you know? funny. But I will say Central Texas is a lot better than West Texas. Just said. I lived, I lived out in Southeast New Mexico for four years and went to West Texas a lot. And yes. I'm choosing not to comment on that because someday I might play there. <laughs> It happened. I got a lot of friends. I got a few people that are probably listening that live out in West Texas. And I'm sorry. <laughs> would agree with you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I just, I just don't dig it. So, yes. Um, so, outside of music, outside of school, mm -hmm. what are some of your hobbies? What do you do to kind of decompress, I, to step yeah. away from things, to forget there's a global pandemic going on? 
Um, I really like um, playing with my cat. Okay. His name is Dorito. He's very cute. He's a ginger nice. cat. Biggest eyes ever. Nice. Um, I like making um, tie blankets. Okay. Um, I did see your Etsy page for that. So. Yes. I am trying to make a little bit of extra money. Um, but yeah, so I, I love tie, making tie blankets. They're very fun. Um, Too bad mine's not sitting here. It's in my bedroom. I have, <laughs> I have a, when I was uh, moving, when I just graduated college, I was moving to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh, nice. And my mom needed to go to like Michael's or something. And they had a tie, tie blanket kit and it was the Muppet show. <laughs> I was like, I need another blanket. Boom. That's so it. And yeah, so <laughs> it's awesome. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's nice. really cool. I like crocheting. Um, I'm, right now I'm crocheting a really cute fall themed blanket. Um, it's very slow going. <laughs> it started in July and then things got busy. <laughs> and But I'm doing like a one stitch, so it's very yeah. slow. Um, but definitely like crafts. I also like woodworking and um, refurbishing old furniture. My sister's really into that. She uh, re made she made her kitchen table out of reclaimed barnwood. Oh wow, that's so really. Cool. I, I think that's what it was. I know she made her kitchen table, <laughs> and it, she was like, "Now every time I text her asking a question about something, she's like." what do you want me to make? And I'm like, I don't want you to make anything. I'm just asking a question about, I have this idea for a very simple thing and I want to know where I can get table glass, like glass for a tabletop. That's funny. like, Oh, that's boring. And I'm like, sorry. Uh, I don't know what to <laughs> do. I'm not as exciting as you are. She's like, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm more technical. Like, yeah. Podcast. I'll do the podcast. Let me do this. But now that's uh what's the uh craziest thing you've ever made arts and crafts wise um the craziest thing or coolest I the guess, coolest I okay so i have an obsession with magnolias the flower okay and i don't know if there is another magnolia but anyway so me and my boyfriend we um sort of we have this well, it was my stepdad's table that um, he brought in and it was like an entryway table and we sanded that thing. It was like old. <laughs> and so we sanded it and we painted it white and then the edges gold, like this gold metallic. And then we stamped like a, it was actually my boyfriend who had to literally, we printed out a picture and then he literally carved it out of tape had a masking tape and then we made our own stamp because nice. <laughs> it was it had to be big yeah. and so we did that and then we spray painted it gold the stamp and it was so pretty we got like knobs on amazon it was so cool nice and i'm assuming you still have it somewhere in your oh yeah it's we're we're moving into an apartment in may or may or june and so we're we're bringing it there <laughs> nice that's awesome that's really cool i'm assuming you are a fan of what Waco has become very well known for, Fixer Upper? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. I'm a, yes definitely. That, that was the one thing that my mom said when I moved here. First thing she said, because she helped me uh, move, because I had to, my dad was going through some uh, medical treatments 
and yeah. it was like, hey, mom, I need somebody to either drive my car or drive the moving truck. One of the, I just need some. And she's like, okay. And so we started moving. She's like, hey, can we go f- see the fixer upper people? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that reminds me of when, um, I had one of my girlfriends say, yeah, I moved to Franklin and everyone was like, hey, so can you tell Justin Timberlake hi for me? It's like, I don't know them. (laughs) They just assume like, you know, the people that like, we all know each other. Uh, But you know what, though? I've tried so many times to use the Baylor card to try and get Willie Nelson on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I was sitting here. I'm like, I live in Waco. I know a lot of people in Baylor. I'm going to play that Baylor card until I die. That's funny. Just to try and get Willie out at every time. It's like, oh, we're not adding anything. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I get <laughs> it. It's Willie Nelson. I, yeah. I 100% get it. But um, so kind of moving forward in your career, you've got mm-hmm. new, some new singles, hopefully some new music videos. Like, I mean, obviously those are on the they're on the list yeah. on the list of things to do but uh, where they rank as far as like what they cost first you know obviously yeah. that that remains to be seen um is there any places like specifically that you want to play in nashville that you haven't really want to get into the song suffragettes uh round that'd be so cool and then i've submitted a thing twice but the problem is i I, I didn't have like a, like I only had one video of my performance that was like good and professional. <laughs> and so I only submitted one and they have, you have to, they have to see two, you know, and fortunately I haven't been able to get because of the pandemic to videotape it and stuff. And so, um, and then definitely the Bluebird Cafe would be awesome. Yeah. It'd be so cool. I've I've only recently well not only recently learned about the Bluebird Cafe but learned about the prestige and like what it means for people to play at the Bluebird Cafe. Yeah, you know, it's like, huge. So, and actually, it was when I was there in Jan. I was there in January, like right before the tornado hit. Well, no, the tornado. When did the tornado hit in Nashville? Like February. end of February. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, so I, a long I was, year. I was there in like the middle of January, like right before Martin Luther King Day, um, and I was working with a couple of musicians, and this so they kept bringing up the Bluebird Cafe, and I was like, I've heard of it, but why does everybody keep bringing it up? It feels like it's just another venue, and mm-hmm. then somebody was like, No, it's not just another venue. Here's the story, and they told me the story, and I'm like oh i will stop talking about it like that then yeah <laughs> so, no that's really cool um one of the things that we like to do on live and amplified though as we start working towards the end of the podcast here mm-hmm. we like to pass on knowledge to younger musicians musicians that are maybe just getting started or they're been playing for a little bit and they're ready to take that next step in their career mm-hmm. whether that means going into the studio or playing live get you know like whatever that next step is yeah since you've kind of been writing for a long time and then just recently like finally put all that out what is one thing that you've learned throughout this entire process 
that you wish you knew when you first got started? <laughs> um, it sounds funny, but when I was younger, I was so terrified that if I shared my songs with anyone, they would get stolen. <laughs> and so I would not let anyone see what I was writing. I wouldn't let, you know, I didn't, I really was very skeptical about co-writing like mm -hmm. at all times. Cause I was like, I don't want them to, to steal my stuff, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> but I've learned that you can write really good songs when you co-write with, yeah. with people. And so um, I would say be open to new experiences, mm -hmm. you know, um, I would say, don't be so close minded, you know, <laughs> um, you have a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it, it, it's all about like, especially in Nashville, Nashville is this entering interesting place where you think it'd be very cutthroat, very, oh, no you no 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 you know and just a lot of no but like yeah. when you get there it's very communal very family like and i mean obviously like i mean i'm not going to say there's not any infighting like i'm sure people cut their legs out from uh, under each other to get into a better gig but when you find your tribe or your creative tribe or your you know your group it's like a family yeah just like the co-writes and all that stuff um what do you think it or what was it that finally got you out of that shell to kind of start opening up about co-writes so i um joined a co-ed fraternity it was a recording industry fraternity called omega delta psi and i realized that there are a lot of amazingly sweet and talented people out there that you know i'd be dumb not to you know write with you know and um i found a lot of friends in omega delta psi and um i found most of my band members through that and so i think just the whole experience of being a part of a community really kind of made me open up to the idea of you know co-writing and sharing my stuff gotcha awesome awesome well, um, where can everybody find you online? Where can they find your music, your new single on the uh, 18th? Where can, they, where can they find you? So um, I am on Twitter and I'm on Twitter um, for it's Lauren Teal 2. And then I'm on Instagram at Lauren Teal Music. I'm on Facebook. Just look up Lauren Teal. Um, I am on YouTube again, Lauren Teal. <laughs> um, and then you can find my single on Apple Music, on Spotify. It's pretty much on almost everything, including overseas stuff. So, awesome. yeah. what's your favorite social media platform? Ooh, um, ooh I'd have to say probably Instagram. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things i'm trying to get more active on instagram but you know it's like i get there and i get some momentum rolling and then like i get busy at work and then i forget to do it for like three days and it's just yeah. like all that momentum's gone and i'm like mm -hmm. dang it i don't know what you know it's, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> but one final question it might be the most important question mm. where's one place i need to stop and eat while i'm in texas Texas. Oh, 
I have to say Whataburger. I'm a huge Whataburger fan, but you've probably already been there. Whataburger is one of those places where you live in the Southwest in general. Like if you don't, if you've never had Whataburger and you live in the Southwest United part of the United States, you might get disowned. (laughs) What's crazy is I hear so many, some people saying like, I want a burger burgers aren't that great, but they, you have to have the specialty items. You can't just have a regular burger, you know, or else it's not going to be as good. You have to have like a patty melt or the mushroom and Swiss burger or, you know, I read somewhere that they're starting to get into that chicken sandwich game. Like the, Oh my God. I think it it was either Whataburger or, no, it had to be Whataburger. Somebody, somebody's getting they, for breakfast. They have the honey butter chicken biscuit. That's mm-hmm. really good. If I wasn't, doing I haven't stopped at Whataburger for breakfast yet. So <laughs> I, I need to. I really, really need to. So. Definitely. But once again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate sitting down, chatting with you, getting to know more about you. And when you get uh, ready to release your album, or you got anything else coming up please feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you back on. Um, But other than that, once again, thank you so much for jumping on. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later. Cool. We are good. Great.